the purpose of the propagandists is to purposely make one set of people forget that a certain other set of people are human. That was from the late Aldous Huxley. This is Daryl McLean. Welcome to the Daryl McLean Show. Today is Wednesday, March the 25th, and the coronavirus is still with us. Good news from the Hill. The Senate is scheduled to vote today on a $2 trillion coronavirus bill, and it will be a landmark agreement if it passes and gets through the White House. Uh, the Senate plans to vote this afternoon on the massive $2 trillion stimulus package. The Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and the Minority Leader Charles Schumer announced the breakthrough around 1.30 a.m. in the morning. And they, uh, they also did that with the Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. Now, in the size and scope, the legislation is unprecedented. It's going to send $1,200 checks to a lot of Americans create about $367 billion in a loan program for small businesses, as well as establishing $500 billion lending fund for industries and cities. In other COVID-19 related news, Prince Charles, the 71-year-old heir to the British throne, has tested positive for coronavirus, but is said to be in good health. His wife, the Duchess of Wales, has tested negative, and Prince Charles has been told that he has a mild case, but it may get more severe fairly soon. Senator Amy Klobuchar has announced that her husband has come down with the coronavirus, and he has actually has a very severe case and has recently taken to having to use oxygen and has been coughing up blood. The Vermont Senator, Senator Bernard Sanders, has said he still plans to participate in the presidential debate in April if one is held. The campaign released a statement on Tuesday with the strongest indication that he still plans to compete against Vice President Joe Biden. The Democratic National Committee has said previously that there would be a debate in April, but they have not officially uh, scheduled one yet. The committee has not announced a media partner on its site or a debate host, critical elements that are typically agreed upon at least a month in advance. The coronavirus has already upended most of the Democratic primaries, and most of the primaries have been rescheduled for late June. So that is a strong signal from Bernie Sanders that he is still in the race and has no intention of dropping out. It actually is pretty much what he did in 2016 when everyone said that he should drop out and support Hillary and he stayed in and fought. Um, the way the numbers look, it does not look like Bernie Sanders is going to be the Democratic nominee, but I definitely do still support him being in the race because... I am a Bernie Sanders supporter. I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary in the Commonwealth of Virginia. I believe in his fight for Medicare for all. I think that the student debt problem is ridiculous. My college was free because I used the post 9-11 GI Bill. And it is absolutely outrageous that these people 
are strapped with all this debt. My grandparents went to school years ago because they're my grandparents. And of course, they will tell you that they went to school for virtually 60 bucks a year. And our students are getting out of school with 70, 80, some people $150,000 in college debt. The education didn't change. The books are all free at the library. What are these students actually paying for? So, and I also think that you have to have a raise in the minimum wage. When I got my first job, I was 16 years old and I made $9.25. It is now 2020. I got my first job in 2008 and the minimum wage in the Commonwealth of Virginia is $7.25. So that means when I was 16, I was making $9.50. I am now 33 years old and the minimum wage is less than what it was when I was 16 years old. This is a problem. Nobody can live off these wages. In fact, a study was done at Yale and at Princeton that showed that the minimum wage isn't high enough in any state for anyone to actually pay the rent. So how do you think people are actually paying their rent? Well, they are using their credit cards. They are working two jobs. So every time you look at the job numbers and they look good, just remember that's probably because the three people have six jobs. Now, on its face, $15 an hour sounds crazy as a minimum wage unless you actually do the math. $15 an hour, you know, on a 40-hour work week is only $600 a week. $600 a week, and so that's about $1,200 every two weeks when your rent is probably $980. So that means that you can actually afford to pay your rent and have a little bit of money left where you may even be able to get you some food. Now, the funny thing about it is it's not like this is actual socialism because when I was growing up, you demonize people for not going to work, but it actually turns out in a lot of the states, you do better if you don't go to work. So we have to pay people who are going to work what they're actually worth. And so the funny thing is, if you look at the numbers, according to the former labor secretary, Robert Wright, worker productivity has gone through the roof, but workers' wages have been stagnant. The only people that have been rewarded in the 40 years have been the shareholders and the CEOs. 20, 30 years ago, we did not have billionaires and billionaires. But now if you look at the list, you have Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon and the owner of his own media network having a net worth of $156 billion. Imagine that somebody in the United States of America has $156 billion while 70,000 people in the United States of America die every year for the lack of health care. Now, why is this a big problem and how does this lead me into Joe Biden? A lot of people do like Joe Biden, and that's a good thing, but a lot of people can't tell you why they like Joe Biden. I have been watching TV with college professors from everybody to from Michael Eric Dyson to even his campaign manager, Simone Sanders, and nobody can tell you one Joe Biden policy because Joe Biden does not have any 
policies. Joe Biden says he wants to take the country back to decency, and decency is on the ballot, and good behavior is on the balance, ballot, and empathy is on the ballot, and so on and so forth. But guess what? Empathy does not get you uh, any wages. Empathy does not get you health care. Hope is not the financial plan. What are the actual policies that Joe Biden is for? And when you ask Joe Biden that, he says to people like Jeff Bezos, nothing is going to fundamentally change. Well, I'm sorry. You don't inspire generation by saying, check under your seat. I got nothing for you. That's not going to work. The economic collapse happened after the Bush years. The Obama administration came in and steadied the ship. But most people who supported Obama were still eating the same hot dogs and noodles they were eating when Obama administration was done. And that's what led you to uh, Donald Trump. You cannot come in with the same old neoliberal technocratic managerial type of policies and think you're going to fundamentally change this economy. It's not working for the majority of people. Somebody get Joe Biden the memo. Somebody get Simone Sanders the memo. There's a reason why Hillary Clinton didn't win. And all of it didn't have to do with Russia or sexism or any of those things. In the words of James Carfield, it's the economy, stupid. Now, with all that being said, of course, I, like everybody else, the good little stand-in-line Democrats are going to hold my nose and I'll go vote for Joe Biden. But I'm not in a rush to take anybody else to go vote for Joe Biden with me because it's kind of embarrassing because I don't know what I'm telling them to vote for. I'm just going to tell them, go vote against Donald Trump. Donald Trump is so evil. Donald Trump is so bad. Well, that's not going to inspire college students. That's not going to get 16,000 people to pack into an arena like Joe, like uh, Bernie Sanders has been having. Have you ever seen a Trump rally? His base is with him. I have no idea why the Democratic Party constantly ignores its base. Do they not understand what the anger and the frustration is? is about? Do they not understand the appeal that Bernie Sanders, somebody who admits he is a democratic socialist, how he can still draw crowds of 16 and 20,000 people? And then you're going to put out Joe Biden with his 20,000 people who you already knew were going to vote Democrat no matter who you put in the spot. You have to give your base something to vote for. We've already tried the anybody but card, and I'm going to share you some history with you. We lost. When I got my first chance to vote, the slogan was anybody but Bush, and we nominated John Kerry. And that's why we all thank John Kerry every day for his great presidency. Oh, I'm sorry, John Kerry lost because people don't vote against things. They vote for something. Now, what I do find kind of frustrating is when you look at Donald Trump and when you look at Joe Biden, now this is going to be some controversial things. I'm actually embarrassed that both of these parties, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, are going to push these 70 plus year old men out here and force me and the rest of the American public to act like you do not see significant cognitive decline. 
You cannot go and look at videos of Donald Trump 10 years ago, five years ago, and think it's the same person. He may have been a blowhard, but at least he was articulate. Now, you do that same thing with Joe Biden. Go watch Joe Biden debate Sarah Palin. Go watch Joe Biden debate Paul Ryan, where he went through him like a samurai sword through butter. And you tell me that's the same person you see right now. And um, I assume you're also going to tell me you have a bridge in Brooklyn to sell me because that's not the same Joe Biden. And I don't even not even interested in watching a debate but, uh, between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. It's just going to be two screaming, angry old white men who I assume are going to forget why they're even on the stage. There was a story that came out today that somewhat gave me pause. I didn't really know how to report on it. And I wrestled around with whether I was going to even say anything about it. And I didn't want to be complicit in what can be seen as the silencing of women. So I want to give everybody a sort of a trigger warning. The subject is about sexual assault. And because I don't want to take someone's story, I'm going to let you hear the story in her own words. This is a woman who is claiming that uh, the presidential candidate, Joe Biden, um, sexually harassed and subsequently assaulted her. He called me in and said, I want you to take this to Joe. He wants it. He wants you to bring it. Hurry. And I said, okay. And it was a gym bag. She said, you know, take the gym bag. She called it athletic bag. And, you know, she said he was down towards the Capitol and he'll meet you. And so I went down and I was heading down towards there. And he was at first talking to someone. I could see him at a different distance and then they went away. And then um, we were in like the side, it, it was like the side area. And um, he just said, hey, come here, Tara. And then I, I handed him the thing and he greeted me. He remembered my name. And then it, we were alone. And it was the strangest thing. There was no like exchange really. He just had me up against the wall. And um, I was wearing like a skirt and, you know, like business skirt, but I wasn't wearing stockings. It was kind of a hot day that day. And I was wearing heels. And I remember my legs had been hurting from the marble, you know, of the capital. Uh-huh. Like walk. And I, so I remember that kind of stuff. I remember like, I was wearing a blouse and he just had me up against the wall and the wall was cold. And I remember he, it happened all at once. The gym bag, I don't know where it went. I handed it to him, it was gone. And then his hands were on me and underneath my clothes. And, um, yeah. And then he went, oh, he went down my skirt, but then up inside it. And he, uh, penetrated me with his fingers and um I uh he was kissing me at the same time and he was saying something to me he said several things and I can't remember everything he said I remember a couple of things I remember him saying first like as he was doing it do you want to go somewhere else and then him saying to me when I pulled away he um got finished doing what he was doing and I kind of pulled back and he said he said come on man I heard you liked me and it's that phrase stayed with me because I kept thinking what I might have said. And I can't remember exactly if he said I thought or if I heard, but it's, it's like he implied like that I had done this. Like, I don't know. And for me, it was like every, everything shattered in that moment because I knew like we were alone. It was over, right? It wasn't 
trying to do anything more, but it's, I looked up to him. He was like my father's age. He was this champion of women's rights in my eyes, and I couldn't believe it was happening. It didn't see, it seemed surreal. And I, I just, I knew, I, I just felt sick because he, when he pulled back, he looked annoyed. And he said um, something else to me that I, I don't want to say. And then he said, he, I must have looked shocked. And he grabbed me by the shoulders. I don't know how I looked, but I must have looked something because he grabbed me by the shoulders and he said, you're okay, you're fine, you're okay, you're fine. And then he walked away and he went on with his day. And what I remember next is being in the Russell building, like where the big windows are and the stairs by myself. And my body, I was shaking everywhere because and it was cold all of a sudden. And I was, I don't know, I felt like I was shaking just everywhere. And I was trying to grasp what had just happened and what I should do or what I should say. But I knew it was bad because he was so angry. Like when he left, like I could feel, you know how when you know someone's angry, they don't necessarily say anything. Like, he smiles when he's angry, and you can just feel it emanating from him, like... Do you want to share that thing that you said you don't... Like, you said, like, I, I don't want to say what he said, that thing he said to you. Um, yeah, I can. I guess I could. I mean, you, you don't have to. It's okay. It's just, um... It's almost like giving a weapon to them. How so? <laughs> well, it's like... I don't want them to know how much it hurt. I don't. I don't want him to know when they. I don't know. But yeah. like that you remembered it. Yeah, just, just. The, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I can say it. Um, yeah, there's something he said that I didn't want to say, and I didn't want to say it because it's the thing that stays in my head mm. over and over, like, like, and um, it's a thing that <clears throat> kind of stayed with me over the years. But he said. Um, he had me against the wall after he done after I pulled away and he had said, Hey, you know, come on. Or do you like to be? And I um knew he was angry right after he took his finger. He just like pointed at me and he said, You're nothing to me. And I he just looked at me and he goes, You're nothing. Nothing. And then I must have reacted. I think he only said it twice, I said, but I, but I just heard the word nothing, and and I must have reacted because that's when he took me by the shoulders and he said, you know, you're okay, you're fine, you're okay. Now that was hard to hear. If you would like to hear the interview in its entirety, you can go to Katie Halpern. She's the one who conducted the interview. She's on the Useful Idiots podcast, but she also has her own thing. And again, that's Katie Halpern. And it was uh, very uh, sad to hear. Um, I'm going to wrap everything up um, after that. This is uh, Daryl McLean from the Daryl McLean Show. If you want to become a patriot, you can. That would be great. I am on Twitter as well as Patreon. And you can follow me at www.patreon.com slash the Daryl McLean Show. That's www.patreon.com slash the Daryl McLean Show.